Welcome to The Common Round. Medical education for medical students by medical students. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And joining us today is our executive producer, Gautam. Today we will be introducing the concept of acute leukemias. Um, so we'll talk about what the general idea of what a yeah. leukemia is, why is it acute, how to gen- uh, the principles of diagnosis and some common principles of chemotherapy and then later on we'll go into further more detailed subtypes yeah exactly so today's talk is going to be about principles laying the foundations to build more knowledge specifically related to the different types of acute leukemias so this is going to be a really good first step into wetting your toes in terms of the you know the deep sea of leukemias yeah so let's talk about um the most basic question let's get right to the basics what is leukemia so leukemia uh, it stems from the term of white blood, and yeah. I would presume that what they meant by it is just there's a there's lots of white blood cells. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but okay, so essentially, what leukemia is though is a malignant neoplastic proliferation of either hematopoietic cells or lymphoid cells. So there's something wrong with the proliferation of your lymphoid cells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so this would result from an acquired mutation of a single stem cell, of which afterwards the downstream cells from that stem cell would develop into leukemic cells. Yeah, so they'll have those abnormalities and then they just progress. Mm. Do they, is it like a, you know, one abnormality that is the thing that completely transforms the cells or is there something else going on that's a bit more complicated? So if you think about it, with leukemia, it's a series of genetic events that eventually evolves into this leukemic picture. So there, there is this term called a two-hit model, mm, which you that's really might come important. across. So for, let's say, first of all, there is this one particular genetic problem that causes the, the leukemia cells to stop developing their normal way. So usually you've got um, from stem cell to progenitor to precursor and then fully mature cell. And let's say with one mutation, it causes the cell to actually stop halfway and just freeze at, let's say, one of its progenitor phases. Then later on, that particular cell develops a second mutation. The second mutation tells that cell to rapidly reproduce Mm. and proliferate. And so that's when you get this problem, when both a cell does not differentiate and secondly, rapidly proliferates. And that leads to, uh, the the combination of that leads to leukemia. Mm. So the two-hit model is really important because when we talk about lymphomas or when we talk about subsequent when we start talking about oncology, that's also a really important point to bear in mind. Mm. Normally, unless it's a traumatically, extremely devastating type of genetic abnormality, the two-hit model applies where you have some abnormalities and something else happens and that really pushes the cell over and yep. that's when you get the full malignancies. What is acute leukemia in terms of the sort of cells that you might come to see? What you would see in a bone marrow presentation is that acute leukemia is defined as a presence of more than 20% of blast cells. Blast cells are premature cells, essentially. Yeah. And um, uh, you mentioned to me earlier just then that uh, it's only like usually with blast cells, it's a population of about 5% mm. or, or less, um, whereas 20% is grossly abnormal. Mm. That's right. And yeah. compared to chronic leukemia, acute leukemia is very rapid onset. Mm. Uh, whereas chronic leukemia is, you've, you've got a general, you acquire it over time. And, yeah. And 
it, it eventually gets worse. Exactly. Mm. And it's more of an indolent process. And the reason it's in, indolent is that chronic... I mean, guys, we'll talk about chronic and obviously yes. it's a deserves its own topic and, and we'll talk about it later. Mm. But in chronic leukemia, a lot of the cells have undergone some degree of maturation. So there are some functioning cells, even though they're cancerous or they're not, yep. they're malignant. Whereas with leukemia, they're blast, so they have no function. So and they're, they're acute so... Acute leukemia, but they're blast. Yeah, yeah, they're blast. And they're so aggressive and lack function. And that's why they're not only extremely aggressive, they have an associatedly high mortality rate as well. So I think in acute myeloid leukemia, which we'll talk about, if you don't treat it, you can die within 12 weeks, which is crazy. <laughs> well, it's just a side. Yeah, yeah, it's just a side indeed. Um, <laughs> So it's, it's, yeah, that's the distinction. So acute leukemia is extremely aggressive and yeah. the cells are not mature, whereas chronic leukemia, which we'll talk about later in another podcast, they're slower progressing, more indolent, and the cells are more mature. Okay. So that's why there are some functioning cells still present. So what's the general approach to diagnosis of leukemia in general? So it used to be classified under this classification called the FAB system, French, America, and British system. But that's um, they've they've come up with better ways. So I I don't think I'll go into mm. too much detail um, of what the FAB system used to be. But now the current system it takes into account of the phenotype of the cell, cytogenetics of it, and also through molecular testing to find out exactly what the cell is, the appearance, etc. And that guides the prognostic factors and ultimately the treatment. And response to treatment as and well. Yeah. Treatment, yeah. So I think the World Health Organization, which has replaced the um, FAB classification system, is much more complex because it takes into account these nuances associated mm. with with the this condition. Yeah. So in terms of diagnosis, yeah. um, what are some of the tests that we can we well, can run? The first test with you, you might very firstly you might expect you might see like a abnormal picture in the. Um, in let's say full blood count etc which would make you want to suspect this and then once you've got a suspicion you you would definitely start off with a bone marrow biopsy mm. and so the reason why is that you would take out aspirates which is the liquid or you can take out a trypheme biopsy which is looking at the um the bone fragment and the reason why is that you would expect uh, it's it's pretty much one of those other things like it's a checklist where you, you would do that and then tick it off just to make sure that it fits a um, leukemic picture. Histologically, on the bone marrow biopsy, you would expect a loss of normal architecture because we're talking about a rapid proliferation yeah. of the um, leukemic cells. Uh, you would see a loss of fat cells, and it's very dense, and there's just lots of these leukemic blast cells mm. overcrowding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Another test that you could run in a, in addition to your you know bone marrow aspirate or trephine biopsy, which is the bone biopsy of the actual bone fragment, is immunophenotyping using flow cytometry, where you attach a um, fluorescent antibody towards one of the you know to, towards a collection of CD surface markers on these cells. And remember, CD markers can help differentiate the type of lineage, but also the type of cell that is present. Yeah. Um, so to put it into perspective, immunophenotyping using flow cytometry in AML, so acute myelocytic leukemia, you can see CD33 positive, the CD13 positive, they're also CD14 positive. Myeloproxidase can be present as well, and that is involved with granule formation, so mm -hmm. you know, present in your granulocyte sort of yep. um, cancerous cells. Mm. They can be CD7 plus or minus negative, whereas in AOL, Oh, uh, acute lymphocytic leukemia, they can have um, in the B cell lineages, you can see CD10, you can see CD19, and you can see TDT. Now, 
take you back to what TDT is. TDT is that enzyme that spits in nucleotides into um, into the chains, and that and and that's what's involved in producing these diverse immunoglobulins that are then expressed on the cell. So that's what TDT is. Mm. Um, you can also see surface immunoglobulins as well, because B cells have B cell receptors, yep. which are immunoglobulins. Okay. And in terms of T cell uh, T cell lineages, you you can tend to see you know CD two to CD seven or eight, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah. So yeah, so that's yeah. why it's important. It can really, it's. I know it's really hard to memorize, but that's important if you want to be a hematologist in the future I'm, to appreciate I'm the diagnosis. I'm really impressed. That was that was quite detailed. Like from my dumbed down understanding, is just that with immunophenotyping, you, you use these magical machines to determine what whether if that's abnormal cell you're looking at mm. is a B cell, is it a T cell, yeah, or whether if it's actually a myelocyte. Yeah, and yeah. That no. helps. That helps tell you whether if it's AML or AML. But Absolutely. Man, that was Awesome. Yeah, and also like DCD flow cytometries is also especially for lymphomas, but we'll talk about that okay. at a later topic. Yeah. Would you also look at the DNA perhaps? Definitely. So yeah. after you've determined what type of cell it was and what type of cancer, like leukemia, you're looking at, then you would try to find out more specifically what subtype or like how what exactly is wrong with mm. it. So you would go into cytogenetic testings. And so first of all, you could do a karyotype, essentially doing a broad screen to it lays out all the chromosomes and then you can see whether if one part is missing on one and translocated mm. to another mm -hmm. and then once you've figured out you've got a general idea of what is exactly wrong you can further target it with fish fluorescent in situ hybridization so fish essentially uh, stains very specific dna sequences and then once you look at it you can definitely see oh this marker on this particular thing has been translocated onto this other receptor and or you can you can find out exactly what is wrong yeah so one chromosome mm. section of the chromosome has been translocated to a different section so that's mm. what that's what it's really useful for and all of this ultimately guides the prognostic factors mm. as well as uh, response to treatment and classification and of classification what, what disease you've got mm. so let's talk about broad principles of treatment if, if oh, you're wait, happy we forgot molecular studies oh okay yeah sure do you want to um, talk about that Actually, from my understanding, was with the molecular studies, was that it can be used after post treatment to just see whether if like there's any um, remnants of cells that haven't yeah. been responding. Um, yeah. What do you know anything else? I think sometimes the molecular markers can also guide treatment. So if they have an overexpression of certain enzyme, then you can if you target that or inhi Ooh. inhibit that. Okay. Uh, it can possibly cause regression of those clonal cells. Yeah. So it might play some therapeutic roles as well. Although I'm not really sure how much whether this is more of a scientific approach mm. or whether it has clinical application. Mm. I think, you know, imatinib, which we'll talk about in the future, is one classic example of this. But okay. I'm not sure whether there is anything sure. in AML at, at this stage. Okay. Do you want to talk about treatments? Let's go into the broad Just, principles. Just, yeah, yeah, principles here. Okay. So you've got chemotherapy, which targets the, the cells mm -hmm. in particular, right? And so the success or the responsiveness to the chemotherapy definitely depends on the category as well as the, uh, the genetic type of, of the cancer. Um, chemotherapy typically needs to be inserted through a central line, yeah. which is the method of delivery, but also poses quite some risks mm. alongside with it. Yeah. What else could they do? Um, so radiotherapy really doesn't play a role because you can't irradiate the entire body. It's oh, a blood really? cancer. It's oh, not a lymphoma. So radiotherapy yeah. doesn't play a role in this case. Um, so chemotherapy is the mainstay of treatment. Okay. But as we mentioned, if your you know, blasts start crowding out all your normal cells like your erythroblasts and your megakaryoblasts and things like that, then you're likely going to be experiencing cytopenias like 
you know, anemias, uh, you can have thrombocytopenia. And so you need to provide some supportive care. You can also, I guess, in the, in some cases, give bone marrow transplant, which I guess is a curative, it has curative possibility, but it is, you know, you need to weigh that with the risk of graft versus host disease because you're introducing someone else's immune system. And no matter how perfect you've matched it, I, let, I guess, I guess if you're an identical twin, yeah. then there is a risk of, you know, the, the new Ooh stem cells or the new transplanted cells reacting against your own mm. cell type so that's their big risk yep. and unfortunately in patients who present late or in elderly patients with lots of comorbidities palliation is the only option so giving low dose chem- chemotherapy for example to manage mm. their symptoms but necessarily not aiming for a cure yeah i just wanted to clarify like one thing for me that i didn't quite understand for a while was with supportive care what it means by that is just giving blood transfusions platelet transfusions or treating for mm. infections or preventing infections that's, yeah. that's what supportive care means and when we mentioned in the later stages supportive care that's that's what we're going to mean. exactly mm. so that's a very quick and brief introduction into acute leukemia and we'll, in a subsequent podcast we'll talk about both acute lymphocytic and acute um, myeloid leukemias yep. um, hopefully uh, you guys will find it useful as always if you have any suggestions or feedback um, let us know and we'll always love hearing from you guys uh, until next time see you next time Thank you for listening to our Common Rounds podcast. You can find all of our episodes, notes, selective experiences, and much more content on our website. So come visit us at thecommonrounds.wordpress.com. And see you next time.